I'm going to make a pretty bold statement here. And that is most, if not all, small to medium-sized businesses shouldn't really be doing A-B testing. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Mike, you are jamming with the tune this time. How about that? I, I was, man. I'm, 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 I think I'm getting into it. How about that? You know what it was, Doug? Like your shining face, just it, it literally put me in a good mood. We we we, we just got on. We chatted for like two minutes. You were smiling. I had, I had that com- Had a quick conversation with you yesterday. You were jovial. See how like when you're in a good mood, it can it can it can like really just put just other bring, people in a good mood. I just like keep trying to tell you, stop being so just like get off my lawn, and you know, good things will happen. I, be, I believe the uh, the appropriate term is appropriate term is ornery. Yes. <laughs> Giving you a hard time, yeah, well, well, it's so it's it's been sunny. Yep. I was able to get outside a couple times instead of doing all my uh, cardio inside. I was able to go outside. It's been uh, yep, have the been sun. A, wear warm, just a warm, sweatshirt. Warmer weather and longer days. You know, is, is, isn't it funny that in March, 55 degrees is warm, but in um, September, it's cold? Yes. So, spring uh, is my favorite time of year just because of that exact thing. I even and, got well, to watch baseball, it, everything. I even got to watch it happening at baseball, happening in the Nets uh, today on uh, ESPN. Nice. And then, and then I had a bunch of work come in. I saw somebody, actually somebody who I, I like on, on Twitter. He's a little bit, he's a little too into the analytics. He, he like broke down the details behind Corey Clover's um, first start in two inning start, or I don't even know if he started, but two innings pitch for the Yankees. And he like broke down what the spin rate was. And I, I was like, you know, you might, you might be taking this all a just little a little too bit far. too seriously. Yeah. <laughs> But anyways, Mike, I have got some big news for you. Big, oh, yeah. big, big news. Inbox zero, baby. Inbox zero. And I mean legit, total inbox zero. Got there last night. And my email right now through, through the course of the day, I've got nothing in my inbox. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm quite jealous. You know what? But That's I probably think, you know why what? I've been in a good mood the last two days. Right. I th- but it, you know what it really comes down to? I think uh, email is dead. Like email is dead. People, people aren't sending email anymore. So mm-hmm. that's hopefully it stays that I, way. I, I saw somebody on LinkedIn, write, uh Coffee is dead. And they wrote, it tastes bad and it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, it was like, and then they said something like, that's like saying email is dead. Right. Yeah. So, um, I'll tell you what, according to HubSpot's data, email is not dead. It's rocking. Holy, holy cow. Sales email sends up 78% compared to basically a year ago. Marketing email sends up 36% versus a year ago, down from 41% a year ago. What's your inbox like, Mike? 
Uh, I'm, I'm pretty good at it. Um, but I mean like but, how much mail are you getting in your inbox? I mean, I'm, uh, I mean, depending on where it lands in folders, 200, 250 a day. Um, you know, you know what this doesn't account for hmm. all the other crap messages that you get. Yep. Your LinkedIn messages, your, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I go into LinkedIn. It is successful. I was, you know, I was trying to come up with a nicer word than that. It, it's, it's, you know, something that could be just so meaningful and powerful. It's just like, I, I, I go in because there's people I want to keep up, up to date with and some things I want to keep up to date with. You know, what's driving me crazy is all these people actually worse than the in-mail and, and, um, and I'm seeing this on Clubhouse. Like I got somebody with, with Clubhouse. I, I I'm going to, I'm actually going to text him. I'm like, dude, do you, did you lose your job or something? Cause I think he runs like 12 clubhouse sessions a day. Um, but you know, you have all these people that are writing their, you know, their LinkedIn posts, not, not the, not the article separate, but like, you know, the, you know, the three lines of teaser text and then yep. all that other stuff about, um, I, I, I guess everyone, I, I, I guess it's fulfilling everyone's desire to be a philosophy maker. Right. That's and interesting. Yeah, so no, absolutely. Noise. Right. It's, it's a ton of noise. And you want to talk about, don't confuse brains with a bull market. Um, there's one, one person in there who's talking about, you know, the role of sales. And I, I, I think he's been in sales for like two years. Right. I mean, it's like, dude, you've never, you, you know, what's interesting is, because uh, I'm going to say you've never seen a bad market. And he's going to say, he would say, what do you mean? I've been here for the last year. And I'm like, dude, you're in the SaaS industry. <laughs> right. Which there was no right, bad right, market. Right, right, right. There's, there's no bad market with that. Um, so, uh, yeah, in, 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 insane, insane. So, um, you know, oh, like all, 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 I mean, between, between LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitter spaces, Clubhouse, What happened to the good old days when you were expected not to do anything at night? <laughs> the, the, those days are over. I mean, look, we've 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 talked about this a, a lot of times, and I, I, I promise you, I'm going to go somewhere with this. Like, we live in this attention economy, um, and and everything. Everything is fighting for our attention um, in the digital space. Um, you know, and, and this is where I wanted to come around to. Like, I, I happened to get this, uh, this email at like 10, 13 at night. I think it was last week. And it, 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 around 10, like 10 o'clock is when I try to shut down, go in a little bit of learning mode, learn a little bit about email. <laughs> Um, I try to get, I try to get through my email and then, well, in the afternoon, I don't mean 2 a.m. I'm talking about, no, I, I I know, but I know you don't either. So no, but what I'm, what I'm going after here is it's a time of like where I can like actually concentrate and focus on things. And you know who the email was from? You, it was an article that you published about, uh, 
the exact title of it so that we can just so that we can talk about it or, or just go there because um, it, it does have to deal with this attention economy and email specifically is it, it says you're likely measuring your email wrong and it's killing your engagement um, and whether or not you are in marketing sales or the CEO of a fortune 500 company you got to go read this article because it just it, it, one, it highlights this problem with the attention economy. Two, it references baseball. So I obviously love that. Um, and three, it, 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 it also gets on the, on, on the topic of, of just measurement and, and, and how, while it's specific to email and how I, I, like, I read it and I was like, wow, this is like awesome. Like I, I, I've been trying to get across this concept for, for, for years now, but it, it, it's always been, sometimes I, I have a very complex way of explaining things and this really dumbed it down. Uh, I, and I don't mean that in a, in a, in a negative way. I, I, I know the listeners can't see your face, but um, it, it just put it in a we way on that, video. If you come right, and watch it, our video. It, right. It just put it in a way that people can, they can truly understand um, what, not only what the power of email is, but also how you are, how I would say 99.999999% of the market is viewing email in the, in the, in the wrong way, especially given the attention economy that we have. So, so let me take a step back before we get into that. Cause, cause I want to talk about the attention economy. Um, and, and I, I, I've been thinking about this a little bit. And, and I remember a few years ago, I was at Inbound. Um, and it was a particularly good inbound. I mean, I love inbound all the time, but this was an inbound that, you know, opportunities were presenting themselves. It was a really, really, um, and, and one of my old coaches, someone who I got in coaching from, who um, was attending inbound, and, and so she was there, and we were talking, and I was, um, I was on a high, as, I mean, you, you, you know, the inbound, you know, the club inbound high. Yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, like, one of the things I've, like, I've always known that, you know, throw me in an environment where there's ambiguity, complexity, chaos, like, that's where I, like, I'll win there because I can be comfortable when other people are, are overwhelmed. But there was like this, I couldn't, I, like, I was almost paralyzed. And, and I remember, and I was talking to her and I'm like, yeah, it's weird. Like, I can't, like, like, I can't get to action. And she said, that's Doug, cause that's cause you've gotten overstimulated. Like you, like you thrive on stimulation, but when you hit a certain point of stimulation, you can't act. Right. Um, and, and, and so what I did was I actually did some breathing exercises, you know, she, you know, I'm almost a little bit, I'm, you know, crazy inbound going on. And I almost like basically did like a one minute meditation, if you will. Um, and I started doing that several times and, and you know, and, and, and it helped a lot. And I, and I bring this up because I think it's time. I don't, it, what you said is appropriate for, for what we're going to talk about, but I almost think it's time. Like we need a better word than the attention economy because I'm almost at, so what that I am looking at your tweet? So what that I'm in your your, your clubhouse, you know, I used to sell like one of the, like our big source of new business. I used to speak regularly on the Visage 
Network. For those yeah, of you that don't know, it used to yeah. be called Tech. It's a group of CEOs, a CEO peer coaching group, and they would bring in outside speakers. And, you know, so you, you basically, get a, you'd run a three-hour workshop. Um, and, it, and it generated a lot of new business. But then I started finding that the problem was they got exposed to that, to a speaker eight times a year. So just at the point where we were beginning to get some traction, they were on to the new thing. And, and, and so what I'm going to say is like, when, when you're, you know, Twitter spaces, this Facebook, like when all of those things are going on and you get my attention, so what? Cause you know, a half a second later, I've got something else <laughs> grabbing my attention yep. and, and, you know, and so, and so our attention pain, our attention spans are, are decreasing and, and, you know, so, so I don't think this is the right term, but, but I think what we have to start talking about is it's the engagement economy. Right. Yes, that, that, that much better, much better term. And, and I, so it's becoming the hot thing. I, I think it's more than just my, my Twitter echo chamber, but you know, I'm seeing more and more people talking about communities. Actually, I'm going to say something that I know factually. I'm seeing more people talk about certifications, certification, certification, certification. Um, I forget the company, but they just—I I saw you know they, you know, on LinkedIn or Twitter, excited. We've just launched our first, you know, certification for. And everyone has got—I was on—I was on, um, I was on uh, one of our partner companies. We were doing a kind of a deep dive, et cetera, and they're like. Yeah, we've just launched three certifications, so you can like your, your team can get certified. And I'm like, what? Like, why? Why do I want to get certified? Um, and I don't want to. I don't want to have all the certification haters come out. But like, there's only so many. And so I, I actually tweeted that night when I saw that. That I'm like, is it just me, or are all of these certifications watering down certification? 100%. I mean, it's, it's going wider. It, it, there, there is certainly the aspect of going super wide and not deep enough in anything. Do, do you remember, gosh, this must have been, you know, I want to say 20 years ago, but it's probably just 10. Um, when it was, it was like when the shift from MySpace to Facebook was really beginning to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but everyone was like all these different applications came out and everyone was starting their own social network. Right. So like companies are like, here's our social network. Here's our social network. Here's our social, you know. Um, and I'm like, and I remember saying at the time, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. I like this was before Facebook became, I mean, they were always evil, but this was before they were the most evil um, company in history. It was like, hey, hey guys, look, I got You got to understand. I only have so many networks that I can log into. Right. And, and I log into my, like the value of Facebook at the time was like, I re I rekindled friendships with people that I hadn't seen in 30 years. Yep. Right. And, and, and the fact that some business conversation took place between other people that I was friends with business, that was fine. But I was like, that's why I was there. Like, that's why I went into Facebook. So I'm not going to go into your social network to social network with a bunch of people who are using your product because like, that would be like um, Safeway starting the Safeway social network. Hey, we're a community. So, and, and if you think about it, 
Safeway is a community. It's a group of people. They gather together. They have a commonality. They address something that's very, very important. Right? I mean, it, yeah. Right. But I think we would all agree, like, you know, I'm not I, jumping on, you know, I'm not jumping on that bandwagon again. I'm not jumping on Safeway. Right. Right. Safester. Right. So, friend, we're going to bring back Friendster with Safeway. So, we'll call Safe. it Safester. Right. Um, you know, and, and, and so when we think about this engagement, when, when we think about community, when, you know, everyone's talking about you've got to be a storyteller. Actually, you know, um, uh, Marcus Sheridan um, shared this the other day. He's like, you know what? One percent of you need to be great storytellers. But, you know, the, the reality is before you start thinking about telling the story, are you asking the questions that are on the minds of your customers? Because you know what? But before your market wants a story, and I'm a huge fan of story, right? But before your comp- but before your market wants a story, they want their questions answered. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, everyone's got to be a media company. Really? Everyone's got to embrace media, but everyone has to be a media company. Um, you know, the company that services my forklifts. I'm. I'm supposed to have a change the world relationship with them, right? And and so we're we're looking at these things and we're so overstimulating. And now it's like, well, I just, you know, how do we take advantage of TikTok? And I'm looking at somebody and I'm going, did you just ask me how are you taking advantage? Of, how are you gonna take advantage of TikTok? When you're, when you're a forklift operator? Yeah. Your 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 sales team isn't managing the fundamentals right now. Right. And, and, and you're going to do a TikTok. Thing. And, and so like when we think about engagement, you know, engagement is not uniform. Um, and, and, and that gets to some of what what, you know, where, where you were going. Yeah, that, I, my, I, my point about about um, the way you're measuring email. And by the way, I'm you know, that article is is using email as an example. Of, yeah, right. right? I, 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 absolutely. And, but, and so on. I, I, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I, I agree with like everything you just said. You, you made you pointed out something that I think, like quite honestly, I, ha- I haven't really thought about. But you're you're right. I do see a lot of watered down type certification that like they're just not they're not. Now that you said that, I don't think certifications are really worth. I, I, like in the IT space, if you used to be. Cisco certified that there was a there was a certification called a CCIE and if you were a CCIE that cert, getting that certification was unbelievably hard and it showed that you know networking and security like no other and you could literally go to a company and say I want to make a half a million bucks a year and they'd be like you're CCIE certified <laughs> half a million bucks like it, it just out of the gate like same thing with VMware VMware did the same thing where and then Amazon has actually, Amazon has done a really, really good job with their deeper certifications and making them very, very, very hard to get. Um, But you're right. A lot of these certifications are like, I sit through a class for, I I don't know, I don't even actually, and this goes into the engagement part. I can go sit down for some of these certifications, literally plus play on my a computer walk away for an hour come back take the test and just like fill in the blanks and with what i think i know or just use you know intuition and then i can come back an hour later take the same test again and pass and 
you know, so, it doesn't mean I actually engaged. In so the genius, so 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 the genius of the certification, it's it's the HubSpot playbook, right? Yeah. So one of the genius plays, one of the gangster moves, to quote Scott Galloway, right? One of the gangster moves from HubSpot was the creation of HubSpot Academy, and and what HubSpot Academy did was it got people that were nowhere near using the product to to learn HubSpot, right? And, 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 and when I say learn HubSpot, I don't mean learn the product HubSpot, I mean learn the HubSpot philosophy. And then what the certification did is it gamified, right? So, so if I watched all your videos, how do I tell everybody that I watched all your videos? So, so, so the certification became the, you know, like Audible gives me a badge. Like, I don't know why, but they do. Um, and I get that it's the gamification of, and you get into, um, you know, you know, my, my, my Apple watch gives me a badge every time I, you know, and I just, I actually just tweeted, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, three, you know, when I hit, I hit my exercise, close my exercise circle, 365 days out of 365 days. I thought that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, right. And, and, and so there's that, you know, there's that whole gamification. Um, and, and so people saw what that did was that built that HubSpot community that built the protection around it. And now everyone's, um, you know, coming out with their certification. So Trying that, to follow suit, right. So for, the, the, Formstack has a certification, right? And I'm not picking on Formstack, but it's like, okay, well, the Formstack certification is like, you know, it, 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 it's about the, the product, right? You, there's like, there's not like a whole, you know, if, if you understand what I'm saying, I don't mean to pick on Formstack because I could, because no, I, I think actually Formstacks is a little bit more legitimate because it does, attest to the fact that there's like certain level of, of competency on using Formstack. Um, some of these other ones, you know, I don't know. Now, the, see, but see, here's the danger of the HubSpot playbook, right? When you're building community, when it's, when it's designed as a top of funnel activity, if you will, you can't fail people, right? I, I remember, um, so I used to, my, my, my son used to work out at one of these, um, you know, teaching facilities, right? They, you know, they coach up the kids, et cetera. And, and so they decided to put together a team to enter a tournament. And I remember saying to them, I'm like, you guys, you guys want to be careful there because you're going to have to cut kids. And, and these kids that you cut are paying you to, <laughs> right? And I, by the way, I do know one of the kids that they cut, that, mom came and said, wait, um, you know, said, well, wait a second, I'm paying you to make my son a better baseball player, but you're telling me he's not good enough. So like, what's going on? Um, you know what, it blew up, right? It blew up and actually like a year and a half later, the place was out of business. Um, you know, so, so when you look at like the, those certifications that you talked about that were real certifications, um, th there's a different element that, that, that is there. And, and, and so, let, you know, let's try to bring this back to email and, 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 and measurements, et cetera. You know, it, so, so I think that it's watering down. Do I see some value? I, you know, I do see some value because there is a badge of I'm engaged with you. And if someone is going to take, like if I watch the videos, that's one level of engagement. If I take the certification test, that's another level. Um, so I kind of, so, so like, that's an interesting, actually, if you look at it through the lens of a metric and you don't look at it through the lens of the word certification, 
and and what that's supposed to mean you know it used to mean if you're certified as a you know outside person that that led to greater credibility i i i get that um but it gets into and i think like what i was trying to say and i don't social i i think that that, that companies are killing their sales process their sales processes because of this. And they're certainly killing their email and engagement strategies. Why do you send email? And I know we've talked about this before, but you know that was a while ago. Why do you send email? I mean, there, there's numerous reasons. One, exactly. I mean, it's, it, 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 yeah. I mean, I mean So here's my question. We send email for a whole bunch of reasons. Yep. So why do we measure every email with the same metrics? Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, that's what, that, that's what the article points out. I'm pretty sure that Carvana thinks I buy a car a week. Because <laughs> you're on their site all the time. and <laughs> No, because I bought a car from them. Right. And so now I get oh, right, multiple right, right, emails right, right, a week right, 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 right. telling me that I deserve a new car. Or I deserve, I'm like, guys, I buy a car every several years can, can can you lay back a little bit right and and like there's this interesting thing like i so want to opt out i so want to opt out except i'm going to buy a car sometime in the next few years there's a good chance i'm going to do it with carvana if i opt out now i'm not going to get the emails that i need or i'm going to have right and so it's but it's like guys i i bought a car from you less than a year ago and you keep selling me, you keep sending me an email like you would send me when I was on your site 14 times in a week looking and analyzing, you know, et cetera. Why, why do you keep doing that, right? Do, do you expect me to open every email, right? And, and, and so like, you know, there are emails that we send that, that we want action from, right? So, yep. so for example... When you, when you download something and we deliver that through email, the open and click rate on that is crucial, right? And so if we get you to click, but we don't get you to open or, or, um, or, 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 or click on it. So if you fill out a form and we don't get you to open or click on it, then we had, a, you know, that, that, that's a fail, assuming that you fit our profile, right? I mean, there's some people, you know, some people are not going to open because they were just looking to get it without opening their email because they were just pulling stuff down their, you know, fake email. Well, addresses, right, all, right, all right, right, right. Yep. Yep. But, but if I, if I say, you know, download this paper and you fill out the form and, and we send the email and you don't open the email, you don't click on it, which means you don't download it. Then, you know, did you really fill out a form? Did, did, did we really get engagement? And so, you know, it would be wise to look at your, your fulfillment emails and say, you know, this is direct response. This is for, um, you know, for action. What is the goal? What, what, what is the goal? What, what, what is the ultimate goal of this? Correct. Either this email or this subset of emails. Now, you know, one thing that, you know, some, I'm sure there's people in marketing that listen. Well, that's why, you know, back to your Carvana story. That's why, that's why we built a notification center so that you can come in and say, you only want an email once a month or once every other month. It's like, you're putting that onus on me, the consumer, 
to go have to update those those preferences. Whereas it's like you as the company, Carvana, you got all this data that I'm like, use that data to to slow well, your roll. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll now, now here's something that I get about Carvana. Here, like, so if I was the Carvana marketing executive, here's what I would say. I would say, Doug, we totally get it. What we know about car buyers is they have very short windows. They go from no interest whatsoever in a car to intense shop mode. And if you're not there in that window, the window's closed and you're gone. So for the same reason that real estate agents gave you the schedules of your favorite team, so you would put it on the refrigerator. So the day you said, I want to move, you'd look up, see the refrigerator, see their phone number, you'd call that, right? That's why they keep doing that, right? But what if they looked at their email strategy? What if they, what if they looked at their email strategy as an engagement strategy? And they said, some of our emails are for this. And some of our emails are not for direct response. Like, like the problem is they come out with the special, save X percent. But they come out with it so frequently, I don't, I don't see it anymore. Right. It, 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 your, your, your brain has shut it down. It, it's blinded it. So, so if they sent any, you know, so, so if, if there was a series of emails that were more educational in nature, maybe how to take care of, maybe like there's, I, I, I could, you know, we, we could brainstorm a million things that they, that they quote unquote could do, right? That, that I found interesting. Um, you know, if, if it was, you know, hey, we love cars, here's, here, you know, here's crazy car pictures. And, and, I, and I would look at it and I'd laugh, right? What that does is, you know, the whole point of that is keeping Carvana top of mind or, yep. right? And, and it's like when we send our engagement email newsletter, so our, we call it the Smart Growth Roundup, right? Our, what we want to do is, is um, we've got some, some content curation in there to show you, hey, we're looking at all the, the latest things. And, and, and oh, by the way, all of, our, all of the ideas that we pursue are not just our ideas. Right. We're, we're following all this stuff. So you don't have to. Um, and, you know, we want you to be top of mind. You know, you know, you, you get this. Uh, you send out the email and two days later, you get a response to it. So, you know what? I was just thinking about this and I've been meaning to call you. Right. Yep. And, 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 you know, if you hadn't sent the email, you wouldn't have gotten that. You want to say top of mind. Right. And, and so like our job, like the job of our smart growth roundup is, is for people to want to see it. Do we expect them to open and click on it every time? No, we don't expect them to open and click on it every time. I subscribe. I pay for this newsletter. The last two days, I haven't been able to look at it, right? I, I've looked at it like super, super quick. I'm like, I, I don't have time. And I like, I feel guilty when I delete it without reading it because I paid for it. Um, but it's like, you know, now, now imagine your email newsletter that I didn't even ask for, most likely. Right. Um, you know, I'm not going to open and click and read and consume everyone, right? And 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 so, absolutely. And and and, and so, there, there's an important point in there that, you, that that you're talking about, which I think a lot of marketers miss. And I, it, this also plays on a little bit of what you wrote in the article. Is when, like you said, when I send you an email, I, like I don't expect you to even open those emails or click on every single one that I send you, but it can also have what I like to term the an inbox impression. You saw my name in your inbox 
and it has a, a mental trigger of, oh crap, I totally forgot. I got to call Mike. So when I send you the next email in two weeks or, or, Hey, I remember Mike is there or, you know, something, you know what, you know what? And, and then two weeks later, I send you an email and boom, the impression it's, happens again. It, it's even more meta than that. You don't even know that you saw it. You don't know you, me. Absolutely. Yep. If, 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 if Familiarizes. I, if I title the email, if I title the subject the right way and you get exposed to it, 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 it has an impact on you. And, and when it's consistent, it, 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 you don't realize that you're thinking things because you got exposed to something that you don't even know you got exposed to. So it's not even that it connects you to me. A lot of times you don't even like, you have no idea that you saw it and it, and it still kind of colors it. Right. Um, and, and, That's an and so excellent like one, point. So, so, so one of the things that I talk about, so a couple, couple things on this. So one of the things I talk about in, in the post, so with our smart growth newsletter, what we want is we want from people that are not active in our process, like they're not actively, they're, they're not in the stage we refer to as activated. We've decided that engagement is they actively touch one, at least once every 90 days, right? And, and so when we yep. look at our, when, so when we look at our smart growth roundup, we look at it and, and we say, okay, how many people, how many unique people got sent one email in the 90 day period? And of those, how many opened at least one, how many clicked at least one? And we look at everything from, from an at least one. Now, when we used to look at this through the lens of every email, let's maximize every email, maximize every email. One of the things that, that happened was we, 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 we started, we, we started like every email was a hot take on, on a particular subject because this was the email topic that had the best opens and clicks. Right. So, so we learned from that and we did the same topic and we did the same topic and we did the same topic, right? Then what we found was we were getting good opening clicks, relatively speaking, although we saw trail off, right? But, but what was interesting was it was the same people that were opening and clicking. When, when, when we said, well, wait a second, we want more people to open and click, we began to deviate, you know, we began, we, we began to broaden subjects, right? We began to say, wait a second, we've been talking about this too much. Let's throw, you know, let, 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 let's, let's throw another something subject else, in here. right? Yeah. And, 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 and so what happened was, and, and it's funny because people, I've gotten a couple of people that have said, it's really interesting, but I've looked at what you, what you shared and I can't figure out the formula. How did you get to that? Because they're, they're still in that mindset of looking at each individual email and trying to connect how do the percentages of opens connect to what I said were the percentage of opens over the course of the 90 days. They're totally unrelated, right? It's, you know, how much overlap is there in each email's opens and clicks, right? That, that I mean, so like, like in it, you know, I could send an email out that has a 25% open rate. And, and at the end of four emails have a hundred percent of my audience have opened an email, right? That would be zero overlap across the, you know, each of the, you know, it was a different 25%. The closer email. you can get to that, the more successful. No, 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 well, I don't agree. So, well, okay. So let, let, let's, well, I want to hear why you don't disagree, but what, what I'm more referring to is there, there's a couple of things in there that I think are, 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 are really 
good indicators of a either successful campaign, successful program, which are the way that I try to explain it to, to, to marketers is most marketers intuitively think if I have a 25% open rate or 20% open rate, that means people on average are opening one out of every four or every five emails that I send to them. And like you said, to your previous point, when you started digging in, what you actually found was, no, there's this small subset that opens and clicks every single one of my emails and nobody else is engaging or, or, or rarely engaging. And so we like to term that our, like our active audience is exactly what you said. We look at it on a 30 day rolling basis of how many people that we send an email to could be one email, could be 50 emails within a 30 day basis and that they opened or clicked at least one. I do like how you're doing it out to 90 days. Um, so definitely a mental note there, something to think about. Um, but it all depends, I guess, on, cool. on, on your frequency uh, of, of what you're sending. But there are also additional things that you can tell from those signals. Well, I would say the low, but hold on. I would say the lower the frequency, the longer the time period. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And, and you're, you're a low. So, so two things I just want to make sure that we're clear on. The measurement that I'm talking about here is how we measure our our smart growth roundup newsletter. Email. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm, we're I'm not, so we're not counting all the other emails that we emails send that other people are getting. Just that one. And Correct. so you send a monthly email. Right. So, so if you're using 30 days, well, what I'm right, what I'm, what I'm referring to is inside of our product for both high volume, low okay. volume center, because okay. we do, we, we provide something on our dashboard that it gives you immediate insight into that, mm -hmm. um, which you're aware of. Well, it was actually uh, your I, dashboard. It was actually when I did, when I went into your dashboard that, that caused me to go, wait a second. We're getting a lot of engagement because I was about to light up my marketing team because I didn't think we were getting enough engagement. And then I went into, I forget what I was looking for, but I found it accidentally. And I'm like, whoa, hold on a second. Two thirds of everybody that's got an email in this period of time has clicked on it or not clicked on it, but has like had done something. I can't yell at my marketing team that two thirds of the people who got an email over a two or three month period of time, like, right. And then I'm, that was the, oh, wait a second. Right. So, you know, to, to that point, I, I, I like, I, I, again, I, sometimes I know I go down the, the rat hole here with it, but it, it could, by looking at that, by looking at it from a holistic perspective, some of the other things that you can start to understand are, Hey, do I need to come up with a better, either content strategy, segmentation strategy, suppression strategy? Because if I don't, the next thing you know, the people that actually want to get my emails, my email is going to be landing in their spam folder. On the opposite end of the spectrum is, hey, if my active audience over the last 30 days is 90%, I'm probably not sending enough email. Like, like right. I should probably be inc increasing the volume right. at which I, I'm, I'm not... Either I, I don't have enough email addresses. I'm, I'm just not engaging, yep. getting the engagement that I, yep. that I want or need. So it, yep. it's a great barometer in looking at the overall holistic health of I wanna, an email program. I also want to be clear here because um, holistic is one element of, of the shift that we took. The other element is what's the objective? What's the job yeah, to be done? 100%. Right. Absolutely. And, totally and, and, and so we don't measure everything. 
Now, now here's another data point. Um, I know we're running out of time for this segment, but here, here, here's another data point um, that, you know, that we found interesting. So, so, you know, we would run, say, a four or five email nurture or four or five email play. And, and we would see email one and two had very low opens, clicks, whatever, you know, they looked really bad. And email three or four would perform well, right? And, and so we test it because um, again, if we go to the traditional way we look at, at this, the, the, the answer would be stop sending email one and two. Instead, instead send email right. three and four, right? Right. So, 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 or, or, you know, change email one and two, use email three. So, so we played with the order, right? Instead of running other emails, we sent email three first. Email three engagement drop, right? Mm -hmm. So, so even though, which again goes to that gets in the inbox, it, 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 it has, um, you know, it, 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 it has an element that, that you can't always track, right? Um, when we run sales, that, it, it, right? That that is the that is the exact point you were making before, which is that either that that inbox impression, or I don't even I can't think of a better term the the the, the inbox subliminal message that. Like I didn't even know that I saw an email from Doug three days ago, but guess what? I saw, I, I certainly saw this one. Maybe I didn't see this one. Then I saw the next one. It, like, it, it, I don't, like somebody posted. I thought it was actually quite brilliant. Like, do you taco from Trello? Like, do, do, are you do you get Trello's emails? Like, the taco from Trello. I've been getting emails from him for years. I've never opened one, but I know taco taco right. from Trello. Yeah, you know, it's, it's also why good que you know questions are really good as subject lines when 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 you're looking at at initial levels. I have you not know, that that's actually super. That, that's a great takeaway for anybody. Right. So so when when we run sales plays, right? You know, and, and, and the way we'll, we'll the way we'll run a first sales play is we'll run a campaign, and, and we take an interval approach. So we'll run three plays over a ninety day period. It'll be two to three weeks on three to four weeks off, two to three weeks on, three to four weeks off, two to three weeks on, right? Um, well, what's the, what, what, what's the role of the first play? Set up the second play, right? Do, do we want direct response to the first play? Sure. But, but here again, I've never talked to you. I don't, you know, is, this is the first outreach. Am, am, am I gonna approach you with a, with, with a direct ask? That's a little bit insane, yeah. right? You know, and, and you, you, you know, how many times do we watch a football game and, you know, we see Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Yep, he's only averaging 3.2 yards per carry. He's only averaging 2.7 yards per carry. He's having a bad day. And then 85-yard oh. run, 50-yard, you know, right? And it's like, well, wait a second here, right? So, so that whole aspect of looking at it through the proper lens and aligning your metrics, you know, aligning the objective to the tactics, to the measurement, um, is what gets you there. And then we get that that puts us in the engagement economy, right? And 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 we get out of all the noise. Um, and instead of jumping on the next thing that's got the greatest promise, we actually follow through with what we're doing. Yeah. Already Hannah's yelling at us, we're out of time. She wants to she wants to get to the question. So let's go to our question for the week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. How's everybody doing? 
All right, your question for this week is, how important is A-B testing for your site, email, et cetera? Wow. <laughs> oh, goodness, this will be interesting uh, to, to see whether or not we are in agreement or disagreement here, Doug. A-B testing is something I uh, obviously is, uh, is quite near and dear to my heart. Um, I'm going to make a pretty bold statement here. And that is most, if not all, small to medium-sized businesses shouldn't really be doing A-B test, whether it's on specifically in email. And in a lot of instances, even on their website and landing pages. So there's my, there, there, there's a bold statement. Now, uh, either put your fists up or agree. So I'm a believer in the philosophy of always be testing. Mm -hmm. And so how can you believe that you should always be testing, but not believe that you should be AB testing? And, and, and so here's, here's how I combine this because I agree that, that the vast, vast, vast majority of, of, you know, 98.6% of companies should not be thinking about AB testing. But what's interesting is they maybe should consider multivariant testing on some of their pages. And, and let, me, let me explain why. Let me explain. 100%. And then the other element that I'm going to finish off with is it depends how you define A-B testing. Because there is an A-B testing that I'm a pure believer in, but I call it something different. So, so first off, um, you know, A-B testing is amazing when it's the right thing to do. But to do A-B testing and have it really be A-B testing, you're talking about data volumes that are far bigger than 98.6% of companies have. Um, and, and, and the single worst thing that you can do with an A-B test is have a statistically invalid A-B test. As I like to say, it would be like taking a thousand gallon tank, dropping it into the Atlantic Ocean to pull a thousand gallons of water out, looking in there, there are no jellyfish in that thousand gallons of water. It would not be a good conclusion to say there are no jellyfish in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> and I can speak definitively that there are in fact jellyfish in the Atlantic Ocean. I, I, yes, I, I, I can as well. And I, that's what I was hoping you were gonna say is that it, it, it's, it's one thing to, to do A-B testing, but, but the, the worst thing you can do is do an A-B te a testing and, and come up with an inconclusive yeah. result. And the, even though it's an inconclusive result, a lot of people will take action oh, on yeah. that inconclusive result. Well, say, oh, hey man, you can't I, this, test A beat test B, even though the, it, it was an inconclusive result. So test A was absolutely, I, you know, it I had an insignificant win over, you know, test B. I, I had a client Let's do that who, going forward. I had a client who had an email sent to 300. He wanted to A-B test it. I'm like, huh? He said, no, no, I get it. It's not statistically valid, but we'll just do like, we'll do the first hundred with two different subject lines and whichever one gets the, get, gets the best result, we'll have that one be for the other, you know, for the last 200. You know what I told him? I told him, fine. Okay, cool. We'll do it. You know why? Because arguing with him about it wasn't worth it. And, I, and the reality was, we didn't know which one was going to be better. The A-B test wasn't going to tell us, but at least we get out, <laughs> right? right? Um, so, so what? What I like about multivariant testing, and, and I would say, what are you A/B testing for? If you're A/B testing to make a decision 
that, that, that's where it gets hairy. But if I take like my homepage and we multivariant test, um, or I take a landing page and we multivariant test, um, I, I want it to be significant. And by the way, the other thing too, is don't take 10 pages and, and multivariant test them because you're testing too many things. But the reason that I would consider multivariant testing is to say, I don't know what I don't know. No, absolutely. Like, right. And to add to that, the great thing about multivariate testing with websites and landing pages is those are, those are small incremental wins or losses that you can have that you can learn upon and that you can, that, that, that you can try new things. I mean, AB testing an email is, is a, is more or less a, a blunt tool. It's, it's where the people that think silver bullets exist, that's where they live in is, Hey, let's go. You know, we're. So I'm going to multivariant test for probably a very different reason than most people. Okay. Because I don't look at it as wins and losses. I agree with you. What I like about it is I can't lose too much. Right. Yeah. Um, but I'm not multivariant testing to win. Right. Because a, and, and, you know, if I was Amazon, I'd be saying something very, very different. If I was uh, an e-commerce play, I would very possibly be saying something very, very different, right? So, so what's the game that you're playing? But, but I'm going to say that, like, does a higher conversion rate on my homepage, does that lead to more revenue? I don't know. I don't know. It would, it, here, here's what I believe. I believe or, is it, or, or, or are you converting people that you, you probably just don't even want to talk to? Well, 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 you know, one thing is, you know, we found it to some degree at, when we did lower our conversion rate because the people that were converting were more in alignment, were more in the right mindset, you know, et cetera. But, right. but here's, here's something that I believe pretty firmly. I'm open to being dissuaded by it, but, but I believe in it pretty firmly. I believe that most things don't make any difference. It, it, I, Okay, but and, you've got all these you've got all these pundits out there telling you that change the button color, change the this, right. change the you know. Now, now again, if I'm if I'm Amazon, to, to, that, right? That yes. But but what I mean by that is that that you know this goes up here, it goes down. Like there's so much complexity in what's happening that that I'm not going to get to that level of you know. If, if you're if you've got a pure SaaS solution and 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 your product led growth, then then you're going to go the route and and you're going to use multivariant testing to give you the formula that's in. Here's why I'm going to do multivariant testing. I'm interested in what are the surprises, what are the outliers, what did something that was drastically different that I didn't expect, right? Up or down? Huh? Why did that happen? Because I can learn from that, right? Like for me to go through a process of optimizing my homepage, the, the, the reality is our, our best business, the first contact with us is actually not our website. Or if it is our website, it's not our homepage. It's a blog post that then connects to, to maybe social. Um, you know, so, so again, they're, they're, they're probably more likely to subscribe to our blog and then attend a webinar if, if we get it through a pure inbound mechanism where our website is hugely valuable is the, the leverage that it gives us to support companies that, 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 that we reach out to, 
right? So, so yeah. you have that element that, that I'm going to do testing because I want to see, huh, let's throw some stuff out there and see what happens because, you know, I, I want to see the outliers. It, like, so if you get what I'm saying, most people don't do, do it, totally. don't do testing for the outliers. Most people, like what we do, like if you're, if you're testing to optimize, you exclude the outliers, right? If you're testing to learn, you care about the outliers. Now, here's my second thing where I said, how do you define A-B testing, right? I'm a huge fan of Boline A-B testing. What's Boline A-B testing? Here's what it is basically. Here's how you A-B test. Here's how you Boline A-B test an email. You send out the email today. You see what happens. You make some hypotheses. And then you decide, what are you going to change in the next email you send out? And the email that you sent out today is your A. And the next email you send out is your B. And then the B becomes your A and you make a change or whatever if you want. And the next email becomes a B, right? And so what you're doing is you're not A-B testing the same email at the same time. You're, you know, the A is feeding the B and you're, now I don't call it building A-B testing. I actually call that hypothesis-driven growth. And I believe that is what everyone should be doing every single time. As a matter of fact, the biggest danger with your email program or any other program or your website is once it starts working, once things start really rolling, do you know what 99.8% of people do? They make a change. No, they stop testing. They, they stop changing. Well, uh, yeah. Hey, our email has a phenomenal, it's our best open rate, it's our best click rate. Hey, our email, we're on a roll with our email. We just start sending the email out. Again, it, we, we don't even pay that as we start paying a little less close attention to, to the email performance numbers, but we stop testing, right? We get complacent. Our website's really produced. We stop testing. Then all of a sudden we go, why is there 10% dip in whatever? And we go, oh, and we're back having to do everything all over again. Every time you take an action, you, you should have a hypothesis. Now, sometimes you need to have big hypotheses. You do a lot of thinking. Sometimes it's, okay, what am I trying to do with this email? Okay, my hypothesis is if I do exactly the same thing that I did last time, I'm going to produce, right? But even doing that hypothesis has you more connected. Actually, um, um, Tony- so that, that's, that, that's a very big point. And, but there, there is one, and it, again, it, it comes down to the hypothesis that you're testing. It comes down to um, why you're testing it, what you're testing, et cetera. But on the email front, a variable that, uh, which can have a one, there's, there's a lot of variables when you're doing testing in an email. One is, you know, there's technical aspects of it. Um, that's number one. Number two, you might be doing the, if you're sending one today, one, you know, the A group today, the B group tomorrow, and then next week you're sending the B group on Monday, the B group, the A group on Tuesday, you're adding a pretty significant variable or multiple variables, variables in there. It's like, what day are you sending it on? Um, what are the, what are the world politics happening today? I, you know, I guarantee you that the, 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 the engagement rates on email were significantly higher the day before the Capitol insurrection than they were on the day of the Capitol insurrection. So if you sent your A group on the day on January 5th and sent your B group on January 6th, there's a, a massive variable there. Hey, maybe it's raining here and I, I or maybe it's beautifully sure. sunny and I want to go out and go for a walk. And a majority of my audience is in 
Arlington, Virginia. Um, and yesterday you sent me an email and it was cold as crap. I didn't want to go outside. Like, so there's just a lot of well, email that's is, a what... very, is a very, very, very hard area to test in. The problem is a lot of marketing automation platforms have tried to train people and make it too easy to come up with, you know, these statistically insignificant wins. Well, well, the, the other thing that I'd like to do too, and we're, we're getting ready to do this with a client is we're, we're actually setting up a pilot audience that we're going to run um, some hypotheses on. And that's going to also that. involve, that's also going to involve some, some of the sales team and, and potentially we're actually going to reach out with, to try to do some survey interviews, if you will, to, you know, to, to, to close the loop on things as, as we're doing um, but yeah, you know, I th- you 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 got to understand the flavor, and and certainly if you test, you have to understand the variables. And, and and remember, this goes back to something we talked about a long time ago, which is if you're testing, if you're looking to bring statistical, like if I'm A/B testing because I'm looking for a statistical validation for the action that I'm going to take, when your A/B test shows you that your B is better than your A, the next thing you do is you you then run a test to disprove the B. Disprove the B, correct. Right. So like everyone talks about how, you know, Amazon runs 50 A-B tests a day, right? Trust me, they're not taking the response on the first A-B test and going gospel that then they then go, okay, let's prove that that's not the reason that, you know, that, 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 that we ran this. So again, what I would say is spend less time thinking about A-B testing you know what it is? It is the comfort of conviction over the discomfort of doubt. Hypothesis-driven growth requires you to accept that you don't know what you don't know, and you'll only know a fraction of the totality of what you need to know. What A-B testing does is it gives you the illusion of certainty, right? And, and, and so spend less time thinking about A-B testing. Spend more time building hypothesis. I wanted to share a story with you. This was in, um, this is in the book, Turn the Ship Around by David Marquette. Great book. Yeah. Um, I forget. Uh, he, he wrote another business leadership book that came out recently. That's uh, um, the lang- the I think it's the language of leadership or something like that, which is like just amazing. But one of the things that he instituted, one of the things he's famous for is he turned the submarine Santa Fe from the worst submarine in the fleet to the best submarine in the fleet within two years. And, and, you know, continue to produce it. He led to changes in, in terms of how the military manages things, et cetera. <clears throat> but you know, if you make a mistake on a nuclear submarine, the, the consequences are fairly significant. <laughs> right. So one of the things that they instituted was a pointing system. And a pointing system is not establish a point. It's point to the thing that you're going to do before you do it. So you point to the dial before you change the dial. Right in a perfect world, and, and by the way, the reason, like if you ever watch these military films, the submarine mechanic goes, you know, one third degrees north, and someone else bellows, one third degrees north. The reason that exists is that's that that's a quality control. That's a let's make sure that we're all aware and we don't do something accidentally, right? But a lot of times you either don't have time, or if you were to announce it every time, it would become unmanageable. And, and, and what they found that happened was the most dangerous point in a, in a military person's career when they were managing their equipment was when they became comfortable with it. 
because they started operating on autopilot and they stopped paying attention and something would happen that would, you know, um, distract them, you know, and, and all of a sudden, because they were running on autopilot, they would do something that they're like, they didn't mean to do like, you know, we've all done that. Right. And so they instituted this point system where you point it to what you did before you did it. That brought just the fraction of friction to cause you to, to make sure there was intent and it would to, prevent to, you from being on autopilot. Right. Go back to my example on hypothesis, you know, small hypothesis, even if your hypothesis is, I believe doing the same thing will produce the same result. Okay, great. Go ahead and do it. Now you go back and you test it. And that brings just that little bit. And that's why I close this. And then I'll go to you. Spend less time worrying or thinking about A-B testing. Spend more time hypothesis-driven growth. You'll get far better outcomes. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that was an awesome, uh, I guess, awesome way to end things. I mean, yeah, like if you can clearly answer uh, the question of why you're testing, what you're testing, how you'll measure results, you'll just be like, you'll be in a much better place to just, you know, start down that road. But far too often, I, I, I don't think people think of it in that, uh, in that mindset. All righty, we're going to takeaways. Mike, what's your takeaway today? I mean, I said it, said it at the beginning, you know, I, I think A-B testing is, is, is the world that, that silver bullets live in. And, you know, you really shouldn't, shouldn't be wasting your time on it. My takeaway is the comfort of conviction over the discomfort of doubt. Get normalized doubt. Be clear on your why. Why are you doing this? Everything else will take care of itself. Love it. That's Quote it for this. Day. That's it for this uh, edition of the Black Line Podcast. We've got some exciting. We've got a guest. Um, as a matter of fact, I just got word that Christina Garnett is going to join us. Um, awesome. She is the. Uh, <clears throat> she's the person who started the hashtag marketing Twitter. Hashtag marketing Twitter. We're going to talk. Uh, we're going to talk communities there. Um, we've got acquisitions to talk about. We've got lots of fun stuff. So make sure you don't miss the next um, edition, next episode. Next episode, that's it. We're not a newspaper. We're, uh, there you go. we're a serial. <laughs> the next episode of the Black Line Podcast.